God this morning, and uh, this morning we are coming to, uh, you know, moving through this beautiful series called Crown the Year, Crown the Year, and today it's called Shout for Joy, They Sing. Everyone say, Shout for Joy. Shout for Joy. You know, one of the greatest things we can do in life is to remember the goodness of God and uh, give Him praise and give Him worship. It is one of the most significant things that we can do in this life. And here today, we're going to look through the Word of God at some uh, direction in life, how we do this well, how we shout for joy. And uh, this series is based on Psalm 65. And I'm just going to read through a few of the verses that we've been uh, looking at over these uh, past few weeks. Psalm 65 verse 9 says, You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. Your water, you water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. And verse 13 says this, The pastures are clothed with flocks, the valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy, they also sing. They shout for joy, they shout for joy. And here today we're going to look at how this is just such a wonderful way to live life, is to be someone who shouts for joy. And it's Christmas. It is a great time at Christmas to be focusing our eyes on Jesus and worshipping Him. And uh, we get to do that in such, uh, such a wonderful ways and actually praise the King of Kings. And obviously it's a great season about giving and receiving gifts, which is good. It's a season about eating food, wonderful food, which is good. It's a season to come around with family and friends, and that is good. It's a season to come and have wonderful services in the house of God, and that's all good and wonderful. But let's make sure this Christmas season we're worshipping Him, that we are actually people who worship Him, and we turn it into a season of worship. Worship is mentioned 114 times in the Bible. Praise is mentioned 308 times. Thanksgiving, 107. Rejoice, 287. Joy, 194 times. All these expressions in this category of praise and worship are mentioned through the Bible. I think it's clear that we're instructed to praise Him and worship Him. And I think that we need to get good at this as believers. We need to get good at this and actually have it as just a a way of life, a way of life. And I tell you, when you come here at Silverwater, when you have worship like that, it makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it? It makes it good to come together shoulder to shoulder with other believers and come into the house of God and be singing together. It says this in John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Church, let's worship in spirit and truth. Let's have this as something we do in our lives. And you know what? Worship is a high calling. There is a calling on our lives to do this. The Ten Commandments starts off about worshiping God only. You shall not have any other gods beside him. No one else should have number one place. It should only be 
a title that one person has in our world, and it's our God. He should be the one that holds the title in our lives. We worship Him, and we honour Him, and we praise Him. And we're designed to do this. We're designed to worship the Almighty God. Because if you don't worship the God, you'll worship a God. We're just humans. It's how we're wired. It's how we do life. We're out there to worship something. Let's make sure that we worship Him and set our eyes on Him and do it and do it well. And we need to excel in this life at just being in wonder of this life, giving the credit where we give uh, need to give credit. You see, it's pretty easy in life to kind of... Uh, kind of let the wonder of just everyday things like not hold the wonder that I think that they should really have. And we all do that. I think it's sometimes why Jesus says we need to become like the little children because I love the wide-eyed wonder of children and I think we need to recapture this sometimes. Sometimes our, uh, you know, our cynicism has just weakened our ability to celebrate. We're too cool sometimes to get excited. Instead of being moved by the vault of endless skies, we start, oh, it's too bright. Or we just don't stop sometimes and enjoy what is right before our very own eyes in day-to-day living. Sometimes we get too busy to stop and maybe look at, the, look at a lake and look at the beautiful colors and, and the wildlife and the birds. There's things everywhere that should really capture our wonder. But sometimes we don't. We need to be like the children sometimes. I mean, even with technology... And inventions, they're incredible. Sometimes we still say they're not, they're not fast enough or they're not big enough or they're not quick enough. But sometimes we just need to go, wow. I mean, to be honest with you, have you ever really thought, and I've never studied it, but I am just amazed that you can get a device and point it at a situation and take a photo and that image that you're seeing with your amazing eyes gets captured on a device. That just, that blows my mind. I mean, have you ever thought about it? Like, really, how, imagine if that was never invented and someone said, oh, can you sit down and just work that one out? That, that amazes me. And it's a good thing because, man, one of the best things to do in life, I think, is to go through old photos, to go through some old photos and remember some of the great, wonderful memories that have been, uh, been enjoyed by you in your life that you can look back on and give praise to him for them. And the entertainers, the movie makers, the sports people, the car manufacturers, the software makers, the advertisers are always keeping their hypes about their products through their advertising. They're hoping to drill a hole in our crusty brains long enough to raise a small flame of curiosity and desire so that we would maybe go out and purchase these things or want to use these things. And sometimes our resistance to marketing has grown hard and our capacity to see life through fresh eyes has dimmed. But we can change that. We can put the wow back into our lives. And it's a good thing to do. And there's things like camera. One of the biggest wows I've ever had in life occurred yesterday because I, uh, I was uh, yesterday morning flicking through Instagram and I follow someone called Kelly Slater. Put your hand up if you've ever heard of Kelly Slater. He's, uh, he's undoubtedly the greatest competitive surfer that has ever lived. He's won 11 world titles, which is mind-boggling because after that is four. Like, that's how far ahead he has been in his career. But yesterday he released an Instagram. And what the Instagram was, was he has finally cracked the pretty much perfect man-made wave. I mean, I saw this Instagram and it's like, hit my link hit my bio and there's this video and there's a three-minute video 
of a location that doesn't say in the video, it's 110 miles inland from the coast, somewhere, and there he has created, because I've been watching man-made waves for a long time, probably dreaming of what could be built out around Parramatta somewhere, just at some time in the future. And a lot of these waves aren't that great. I mean, you can go to Wet n Wild and that's not surfing. That little, like, little jets and then a little hose going over your head. That's not real surfing, I'll tell you right now. It's got not even close to it. It's more like snowboarding. But anyway, there's been little waves and he's cracked it. He has cracked it. And I'm in awe of it. But you've also got to remember that although all the glories, it's actually his, he's got the Kelly Slater Wave Company. Like, it's his brainchild with a great team around him. But... They've used things that God's put into their hands. They've used water. Who created the water? They've used their brains. Who's done that? The glory ultimately goes to God. But let's live life where sometimes we actually go, that's a wow moment. That's a wow moment. To actually live like this is a wonderful thing to do. Sometimes we should dance when we read a line in the Bible because it's that good. We should be singing with listening to great music when we're in traffic in our cars. You know, sometimes we're just not as playful and as happy as we should be in this life. It's time to recover the wonder of worship. In Mark 14:3, it says this, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had leprosy. During supper, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume. She broke the seal and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why has this expensive perfume been wasted, they asked. She could have sold it for a small fortune and given the money to the poor. And they scolded her harshly. They start saying, why was the waste? But do you know what? Jesus was all about helping the poor. But in this moment, he didn't say, no, 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 go to the poor. He allowed her to worship him because that is how worthy that is how worthy he is. He should have our very best. We need to be worshippers. And sometimes she broke the seal. We've got to break the seals over our own lives and be free in worship and praising him. Don't let things get in the way. I mean, Pastor Nat got up to lead the service here this morning and she had, you might not have seen it, but there was tears coming out of her eyes because of her love for Jesus and what that time of worship was for her and her life this morning that Arpi and the team so beautifully led us in. The wonder of worship, the wonder of the goodness and the greatness of God. Carry it in our hearts. Be someone like this lady who just laid it all out for Jesus. And not everyone will understand worship. These people didn't really understand. They're like, why the waste? But there was no waste on this day. Jesus was given what he was worthy to be given. There was no waste. And it is a beautiful way to connect with God. You can't really come casually to God without respect or awe or wonder and worship in your heart and on your lips. We need to be in that place. And I love in Matthew 2, 2, where it says about the wise men, we're obviously coming up to this season of Christmas, and it says, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They got it right. They came not just to be spectators, not because they were curious. They came with one thing in mind, and it was to worship the Savior of the world. Let's be people who worships the Savior of this world. Let's give the Lord a round of applause because he is so worthy. He is so worthy. 
And if it's one thing that my wife and I have done in our lives, we've just been worshippers of Jesus. We did it before we knew each other. We did it when we got together. We got married 15 years ago in about a month's time, the 20th of January. Got that date right, don't I, Natalie? I've got it inscribed on ring. Which other men put it inscribed inside their ring, the date they got married? I see a hand, I see a hand. Wise men, wise men going up everywhere. It's a good thing to do. Inscribe the date. It saves you a lot of grief. Someone's going, is it 20th, 21st? I'll just check. Yep, got it right. So anyway, we got married uh, on the 20th of January 2001. So we're coming up to our 15 years. And, you know, our service was full of, you know, we sung, sang worship songs. And when we were looking for a song to even exit the church, we even found one that was like a praise song. It was a cool song done by a group called Mary Mary, Take the Shackles. Can anyone remember that? Hey, would you like to see a video of us exiting the church? This is a high production clip. My wife doesn't know I'm about to play this, but she looks stunning and gorgeous. So I think, uh, uh, Reg, excuse me for the low quality, the budget was not very big. I was 24 and that was 20. She came with a bin and a CD rack into the marriage, so we had to be tied on some things, including the production that had sat on a VHS for about 12 years to my brother. So if we could spin the clip of us exiting the church, that would be cool. Here we are. Got to say hi to the mother-in-law after you get married. There we go. A bit of a clip from our wedding day. How's the cameraman? Oh, there's a BMW over here. Oh, that's right. I'm doing a wedding, aren't I? I better come back. If, you, if the truth be known, the actual uh, tripod in the, uh, inside the church uh, had, like, a really bad noise. So every time in the service that he moves, it goes, <laughs> you hear it. <laughs> True story. Might need someone to help us uh, get that out one day. But we just live life. We have worship music playing in our house all the time. We just live life worshipping. It is one of the greatest things to do. It brings the presence of God. It helps change our hearts. There's so many wonderful benefits of just being a worshipper of Him. And even that song, Take the Shackles, because I want to praise you. You know, it was in our wedding day. Fill your life with worship. And it's a good time of year to do this. I am. Uh, I, Absolutely. There's one carol that just stands out for me personally, a mile ahead of all the other ones, and that is, uh, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. I love that Christmas carol. I know Dami Im, uh, who's a Christian lady, sang it last night at Carols in the Domain. Did anyone see that? I think it was the first one of the night. And that song, the words in that, that beautiful carol, my heart just aligns. It's such a wonderful reminder of what we should really be doing all of our lives, but particularly around Christmas time. Come, come, let us adore him. Let's come and adore Jesus. We have what we have because of him. It's a wonderful song. I should have turned it off after that song last night because when they put on a song called All I Want for Christmas is a Hippopotamus, I thought, what's happening here? Come on, guys. Like, this is Christmas. 
All I Want Hippopotamus song, I was like shouting at the TV. I'm like, what is this? This is Christmas. You call this carols in the domain. This isn't a carol. But anyway, that's for another time. Uh, oh, come let us adore him. And we've got to remind ourselves it's no new mortal we are approaching. When we worship God, you know, so many wrongs in our life are made right. The Holy Spirit draws near. His presence comes. There's so many wonderful things. Dreams and visions come into our minds and atmosphere you know, of healing flows. It's just a beautiful thing to put God where he needs to be. It's a wonderful thing in life. Let's be people who worship him, who worship him. In Luke 17, we read a story about the Samaritan uh, leper who was cleansed and did something really good. He returned to worship. And in Luke 17, verse 12, it says, Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men, ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. So we have these men. They do something good. They come towards Jesus because these lepers used to have to, have to wear a badge, ring a bell. If they'd see people, they'd have to shout out, unclean, unclean, like they were just cast off in society. They were thrown to the side. But on this day, they come towards Jesus, which is a wonderful thing. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They cried out for the mercy of God. A good thing to do because it was often believed in those days they had leprosy because it was the evidence of the judgment of God. So here they are saying, have mercy on us. And verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus always wanting to engage us in our own redemption. The healing of our lives will involve so often that step of faith. And as these people begin that journey to the priest, the priest would have been at the temple, the house of God. As they go on that journey, they see the leprously leave their bodies. They see themselves being cleansed. They get their miracle on the way to church. You're in a good place here today. This is a place of miracles. Never underestimate what coming to the house of God will do in your life. Keep coming, keep showing up, keep believing that as you journey yourself regularly to the house of God, it's going to be a place of miracles for you and your family. And verse 15 says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. I'm glad our singing here is kind of loud sometimes. It's a good thing. With a loud voice, he glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. When he discovered he'd, he was healed, he did the right thing. He returned. It wasn't all about him anymore. Now his life was going to revolve around Jesus Christ. He wasn't someone who just took, took, took. He wanted to go and give back, to sit before Jesus. And verse 17, Jesus said this. So Jesus answered and said them, where there, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus kept count. He healed ten and only one returns. Let's make sure we're like the one that we're always returning to Jesus, being grateful for the things in our life. Let's be someone who comes back and gives the glory, not some that receive but then scatter away. Let's keep coming back. Keep coming back. Let's not take things for granted.
let's keep coming back. And here today I want to remind us not to, uh, not to get too familiar, because you can in life. Some good things can come your way and you can get a bit familiar. I might get Chris Heckick and Leon on the stage, because I'm going to do a little, just something that I've noticed with my kids with receiving gifts. I'm going to get Leon to come and stand just right here. Leon, you're going to give Chris this amazing gift. There we go. Chris is right here. And this is what happens in our family often when I see my kids get a gift. Someone comes up with a beautiful gift and they give them to one of my kids and my kids do this. Their eyes just stay on the gift. And as a parent, I'm always saying, Jesse, Sienna, say thanks. Can, can you thank Uncle Mick? Can you thank Auntie Rhonda? Can you thank Margaret? Can, can you thank them? And they just want to keep their eyes on the gift. Let's just not keep our eyes on the gift. Let's make sure we put our head up and we thank the giver. Leon loves to give gifts. He wants to hear a bit of a thank you. Thank you, guys. That'll be enough. Otherwise, you'll steal the whole show. Beautiful. But let's do that in life. Let's make sure we return the eyes in wonder and we give thanks and we worship and we praise because there are good things in our life. And let's make sure also that we don't get bogged down when there's a whole lot of challenges going on in our life. Because often we do that, and we're human, and there's times where there's things that weigh heavy on our hearts. And I'm aware of that. Unfulfilled dreams that ache, situations in our life or our work or our family that absolutely just try and, you know, get all of our attention, all of our time. And I know there's some big deals, but let's make sure we don't get so bogged down in some of those things that we still don't kind of come above them a little bit to see all the other things that are going on really well in our lives. I was uh, hanging out with uh, Gordon Lewis just a few nights ago and we were talking about how the UN had just put out a report about where the best places are on the planet to live. And uh, Gordon said, you know what Australia came? It came second. So I went and looked up this report and he wasn't, he was telling the truth. Thanks, Gordon. He's, he's a truthful man. He's right. Australia came second in these rankings. It's, uh, it's ranked on the quality of life uh, that assesses economic, education, and life expectancy data. Do you want to know what number one was? Would you be surprised if I said New Zealand? I would, because it wasn't New Zealand. Um, <laughs> it was actually, it was actually Norway. Norway. But in a close second place, it was Australia. Can we give the Lord a round of applause that we live in Australia? Because it is a good country. We have a lot of great and wonderful things happening in our country. So they got this data and they give things a rating and Australians can expect to live on average to about 82 and a half. How good is that? That's impressive. I'm going to put a few more on that, but uh, that's the average. Uh, have a mean, looking at statistics, a mean of 13 years of schooling and the gross national income per person is $58,618. And just for you ladies out there, on average, you live four years longer than men. You are very blessed. But there we go. And we're talking about this. And then Gordon said something really good. And he goes, yeah, that's awesome. But it even gets better when you live with Jesus in your life, which is so true. We can look at that data. It's a good thing. And then you add Jesus into it. And it gets even better. There is a lot to give thankful to God in our life. And sometimes let's make sure we take a bit of a stock take. Take a stock take of life and look at all the good things or sit down and write them down and start to realize that you have a lot to give God thanks for. 
There are so many things. I was at a, a, a function this week with all the staff from uh, all around uh, campuses in Sydney. We're at a staff lunch, and I sat down with a guy called Josh. I've known Josh for a lot of years, uh, but I hadn't, you know, hadn't had a lot of contact in recent years. And we just sat down for maybe 25 minutes and talked life. And he just has the best attitude. He lives on the northern beaches with his wife and three kids. He works at the church. He attends the church. He, he would, he's dreaming of buying a house on the Northern Beach. It hasn't happened yet. So he recently went and got an investment property just to start something going. But his attitude is simply stunning. He is so grateful for the church that he works at and the church he attends and his family. And it, it just like bubbled up out of his life. And I thought, that is giving God so much glory. Not looking at a few of the things that aren't working out, but just giving God glory for so many wonderful, spectacular things. And we can do this always in life. I was driving on the way to the gym this week and uh, as I drove down a street in North Parramatta, I saw a gentleman, it was early in the morning, just sitting on the, the front of his property, kind of on a front little balcony and there he was in a wheelchair. And obviously my, my heart was sad and as I just kind of drove, I just kind of looked down and thought, I'm about to go to a gym now. I have use of my legs. That's something just to be grateful for sometimes, just some of the basic things in life. Just be grateful. Thank God. And we could do this all day and make lists of thousands of things. So let's be people who praise Him, worship Him. It's a calling. You've only got to study the Psalms to, to know how often it says, praise the Lord. I mean, there's a whole chapter in Psalms 150 and all through it. And it's often praise the Lord, followed by a declaration of, of why to praise. Praise the Lord for this. And there's so many things. You could do a wonderful study on this often about God's majesty and mercy. It's often about a, a reason to praise, about God's merciful kindness, His loyal love, that it's great, that His truth endures forever. Other hymns point out that God is good, that His ordinances are just, that He remembers His covenant, that His love is enduring, He is incomparable. It goes on and on. You could go on that He reigns. There's so many great things about His majestic power through the creation of the world, about His royal rule. There's all these things. And we can look at these from those kind of eyes. Corporately, let's give God a great celebration of the lives that have been changed. I calculated this year, uh, out of Silverwater, we've had about 475 people respond to our gospel message in altar calls. That is worth praising God for. We've never seen those numbers in the history of this church. We can pray and be grateful about these spiritual things, about these corporate things. There's so many great things to give God thanks for. And I love praise and worship. It helps shut down the devil. It's a bit of a warfare sometimes. And sometimes we've got to rise above our circumstances and push through with praise and worship. Even when we don't always feel like it, we bust through. Praise opens heavens. I think David understood this in the Old Testament, almost better than anyone, you know, from the, from the New Testament itself about, you know, he knew that the Lord was good, that he wasn't angry. He expected grace and mercy from the Lord rather than judgment. In this atmosphere, he rendered praise and worship continually to God. It's a great thing to do. And a good time of year, fill your house. I mean, there's so many great albums. There's great Christmas albums. It's like we were last Sunday morning looking for, you know, one of our Christmas albums. And there's, just, there's great worshipers doing worship albums for Christmas now. You can get Chris Tomlin albums, Kim Walker-Smith albums, Kari Job albums, all these great albums, these beautiful Christians who love the Lord, singing great songs. 
Most of them will have a come let us adore him on it, which is a good thing. Toby Mac does one. There's so many out there. And I just love to think as we worship that it's exactly what's happening right now in heaven. Reading through Revelations 4 and it talks about, you know, what's happening around the, uh, around the throne. And uh, it says at the end of verse 8 um, that these, these uh, living creatures saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. He is so worthy. He is so worthy of our praise. Let's be people who praise him. Let's be people who put him where he needs to be put, Jesus. Saviour to the world, but saviour to us individually. To us individually. He came to save us. And as the band comes right now, we've got to remember that. You see, Christmas is a wonderful time. And I love that little video we talked, we saw before. And it was humorous, but I tell you what, it had some good content in it. As our little friend, like, by the end, it was putting little decorations without even seeing if they were hanging up and they were falling down the tree. And he was amazed and he, he started to put the pieces together and, See, we can have G- uh, Christmas come around every year, but for some of us, we don't really take it for all it's worth. Because if we don't accept the gift of Jesus Christ into our life, we're not really getting the value of the Christmas season. Because we need Jesus Christ in our lives. If we're going to have eternal life in heaven, we need Jesus Christ in our lives if we want to praise him and worship him how we should. And I really did like that video. It's like at the end, he's like, oh, this, I mean, we can live with this all, all the time, and we can. If you've got Jesus in your life, you can live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 360 days of the year with Jesus Christ in your heart. And there is no greater way to live this life. You can go to as many seminars as you want. You can read as many blogs as you want, but there will always be a void in our life that can only be filled by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And in a moment, this Christmas season 2015, I'm going to give an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I'm going to give you that opportunity here this morning just to say yes to Jesus. It'll be really simple in a moment. I'll ask you to just raise your hand if you would like to receive him. You may never have done this before. This is the greatest thing to do in life. I did it when I was 12. I knelt down by my bed in Park Street in Mona Vale, and I said a prayer. It was a simple prayer, but it was the best thing I've ever done. Followed closely by the video we saw of my wife and I getting married. But it was the best thing I ever did. As a young man, I said yes to him. And if you've never done that here today, this will be your opportunity. Maybe you've once done it, but you know that you're not making him Lord. He's not number one. You're not even closely following that first commandment about putting God. There's other things getting in the way. This would be a great day to get things back. Get things back in the right place in the right order on the 20th of December 2015 approaching Christmas Day this Friday you can get things back on the right track here today 
Or maybe you're in a third category of people and you're just unsure about eternity. You are unsure if you were to leave planet Earth today. If you're unsure if you're going to heaven or hell, I want to make sure today that you know 100% in your heart that it's heaven. And we can do this also by saying this beautiful, beautiful prayer here of forgiveness, receiving Jesus into your life here today. So can we get everyone just to close their eyes, bow their heads. And we ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads because it's just good to have a moment to examine your own heart. I can't tell you if you're going to heaven here today or not. But you will know if Jesus is Lord, you're there. If you've invited him into your life, you're going to heaven. But if you haven't, or you've done it a long time, you've slipped away, you want to make sure today can be your day. So in this beautiful moment right now, with eyes shut, heads bowed, if you would like to say this prayer, the same prayer I said as a 12-year-old boy, to invite Jesus Christ into your life, to put him number one and make him Lord, if you could boldly just throw your hands high in the air and say, yes, Hartley, I need to say this prayer today. Yes, Hartley, I've never said it before. Or yes, Hartley, I've said it, but I've slipped away. Or I'm not sure if I was to die, I'd go to heaven. If you want to be assured here today, if you could boldly raise your hand across this auditorium, I'll see it and I'll ask you to put it down. I'll give this another moment because this is the most important part of the entire meeting is to make sure that every single person in this auditorium is on their way to heaven, has Jesus in their heart. Who else, who is there here today that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? You want to say this prayer, you want to be assured. This beautiful atmosphere, wonderful, we're all good. We're all good. Let's stand right now. We've talked a lot about worship and praising. And we're going to go and sing a song here now. And I don't want our minds to start thinking, oh, I've got to rush off and get the kids and... I need to go and do this.